your ability and, and your performance is going to determine how, how far you climb up. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan, and my guests today, I'm really pumped to talk about them because they are from an employee-owned retail footwear company headquartered in Cottage Grove, Minnesota, and this is Trade Show Homes, but today it is Justin Kerwall. You guys are killing me with the last names. I'm just, John and Justin, welcome to the show. What's up? <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. How we doing? Dude, it's, we're doing really, really good. I, I'm looking at, uh, I'm not even going to attempt it, guys, because it's awesome. At least you know that nobody can really, like, doppelgang you or something like that, right? <laughs> so it's Trade Absolutely. Home Shoes. Trade Home trade Shoes. Home shoes. Oh, there yes, you go. That's so cool. So it's it's Kerwall, right, Justin? You're right. Is yep. it Scud Larrick? Yep. Awesome. Very cool, guys. I'm excited to talk to you today because uh, there's just so much awesomeness that's going into what you guys are doing. And I want to hear how you guys started, you know, which was obviously before you guys were even born, right? A long, long time ago. And, uh, you know, how you've grown today and just continued to expand because uh, you started in 1921, right? Yep, yep. We're a uh, hundred years old uh, this year. That's amazing. What are you doing to celebrate? Uh, well, trying to, to make the most of uh, the post-pandemic world. And uh, we're going to have all of our managers in uh, in the fall. Uh, once we found out that the world was going to kind of be opened back up, we're going to have all of our store managers and all of our corporate employees have a couple of day celebration with some of our vendors and uh, invite back uh as much alumni as, as, as we can have and yeah, just celebrate a uh, hundred years of people. That's so awesome. And Justin, you, uh, John, don't worry about it, my man, cause you're still there, but I, I was seeing what was there. You guys both started in high school. Is that right? I started in high school. I think Justin, did you start in college or did you start high school? I, I, I did. I, I started, uh, I started while I was in college. Um, John and I have very similar stories to how we got started with Trade Home, and he tells it a little bit better. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll let him do so. <laughs> Go for it. It's, <laughs> it's so fun because you know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show, and you know there's there's some others that'll listen that are you know employees of amazing places like Trade Home Shoes, and you know so a lot of this is geared towards entrepreneurs. But I'm always like, no, you you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be this amazing success and break the mold and get out of the box and be the renegade, the disruptor. You can be what the phrase is now called like an intrapreneur, which is probably part of your story, right? Tell me about it. Well, for me, you know, the biggest thing I started when I was 16 years old in Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, but the thing that kept me with trade on throughout the years is the fact that every day is different. And when you talk about an entrepreneur, I mean, you have to have an entrepreneurial mindset to be good at trade home. You really do. You have to think outside of the box. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that we look for with our, with our team members is the fact that they go out there and they make it happen rather than just waiting for it to happen. So I started when I was 16, started part-time, never thought I'd still be with the company 23 years later. Um, really honestly, w with all of us, it's, it's all from within. So 
started part-time, became an assistant, fell in love with the job, enjoyed it, became a manager at the age of 19 and worked basically oversaw three different locations. And and now I'm in my third territory as a regional supervisor. But the biggest thing that I would say is just the most fun has just been the fact that, you know, every day is a little different. Uh, and, and the constant is obviously the change. Um, that's one thing we've been really good at as a company is consistently changing when needed. So that's awesome. And Justin, you, uh, your story, I guess is a similar, yeah. 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 Very, very similar. You know, um, with, within our core group of people, we talk a lot about how, uh, the majority of us fell into an accidental career. Um, I was, uh, attending South Dakota state university and, started working part-time because uh, a buddy of mine had a job there and they needed some help for the holiday. And uh, I, I got started right around Christmas time. And I just, I, I fell in love with the interaction of the people, the competitive spirit uh, within, you know, the tight knit group of people that you worked with. And uh, once I got a couple of mentors that really explained to me what, what it could be, not just as a job, um, you know, I, I, I gave myself different, you know, different goals that I wanted to, you know, achieve within certain amounts of time. And, you know, the, the interesting thing with a, a retail company is there's, there's so many different facets to it. And uh, I went through store management and regional supervision and transitioned into the home office to start working with our operations team and get involved with our leasing and our, the purchasing a product. And, uh, you know, just got uh, groomed by, some, some people that uh, re- really had my best interests in mind. And um, in October of 2018, uh, the president of our company, who was actually only the third president in the history of Trade Home. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he took the helm in 1999. In October of 2018, he uh, handed the proverbial baton to me. And, um, you know, John and I and the, the rest of our leadership group have been trying to make the best of our opportunity. That's amazing, guys. It's so cool because things like retail, it's one of the few places that I think that exists to where you can really kind of just blow up a career, you know, because I came from the Best Buy world and you could do so many things within retail, you know, especially for people, you know, you guys were in college. That's awesome. But even just other opportunities for people to start and climb the ladder is just incredible and amazing. There's not many industries that you can do that. You know, a lot of times you'll reach a plateau, but look at how, how far you guys have come. You know, it's, it's awesome to see that. What do you both attribute you know, because staying for a place for a long time, right? I know, John, you said it's been 23 years, right? Correct. Yeah. Justin, how long for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm one of the rookies. I've only been around 21 years. <laughs> one of the rookies. <laughs> but look at this, right? Because, I mean, something like this, this is not, <laughs> the only way, it's not normal for 2021 to have any individuals right. stay with a, a single organization for, I mean, you're talking 21 and 23 years, but let's even say five years, right? It's, sure. it's not normal for that. So what really kept you around this long? Well, I think for me, it just comes down to the opportunity. I mean, you can go as high as you want to go. I mean, Justin is clearly living proof of that. You know, he started part-time and is now running the organization. Um, but, but I think part of it too is we try and give everybody a voice. And so, you know, whether you're a part-time employee or you're a store manager or you're beyond that, you know, we're all in it together. Um, we had a, a great opportunity to really create a close-knit group 
or throughout the pandemic and, and that time period. And um, what, what's interesting is we came out of it stronger, but um, I would say more than anything else, it's just, it's the community of Tradem that I think keeps a lot of people around for the long haul. Yeah, Justin, yeah, you probably I, agree with that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, uh, a, a thousand percent. The, the only thing I would uh, perhaps maybe add to it is that uh, we were very fortunate when the ownership group that took over in 1999 um, they bought it from the founder of our company's son and son-in-law, and they made a handshake agreement uh, with Don and Harold that when they were ready to relinquish ownership of the organization, that they would make sure that it stayed owner-operated. And, you know, the caveat attached to it for me as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for a living, um, and I'm, I'm still doing that every day, uh, is... I knew that at some point, um, if I did, you know, what, what I was capable of doing, I, I, I felt like I would be in the position to be able to take a, a prominent role in leadership with Trade Home Shoes. And to John's point, the, the people that were there before us that, that we uh, learned from so much, they, they, had, they had walked in our shoes. I, I, no pun intended in the footwear business, but I, I, well I think done, that's... Sir, well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that maybe John and I even take for granted is that we never ask anybody to do something that we weren't asked to do at one point. And we were asked to do that by somebody who was also tasked with that job. You know, we, we don't hire people from the outside to take leadership positions. It, it's, this, this is a, a company where your, your ability and, and your performance is going to determine how, how far you climb up. And, you know, when you talk about people in other industries or maybe in either other retail organizations is all our, our company ladder spans 24 states. So if you want to change the scenery, then we, we can we can help you move to a new area, uh, run a different market, get to be involved in a different community, and and you can start that business um, to scratch that entrepreneur's itch, but you can do it with the support system of a hundred year old company. That's awesome. There's a, I'm sure there's been a lot of changes over the years too, but you, you guys are close to about the same tenure within the organization. Were you ever at the same level at the same time? Uh, for oh, yeah. the majority of our career, yeah. Because yeah. mm -hmm. I, I mean, I can tell you guys are close. Did you guys ever have any healthy competition between the two of you? <laughs> that that, well, that or, has or, just or unhealthy say, competition. I would, say, well, yeah. well, I would say some more, some more than others. But yeah, no, it's uh, no it. Any great organization is going to have some competition and, and you hope that it's healthy, right? I mean, you hope that the, the competition's healthy, but I think part of what makes us special is, yeah, I mean, we have so many guys like Justin and I out there right now running locations that have the same relationship that we had as we came through the ranks. And, and there's no question that we still challenge each other to this day in many different ways. So that, that's the special part for sure. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I, you know, for, for anyone out there that enjoys sports analogies is, uh, to be successful for trade home, we don't have one starting quarterback. You know, we've, we've got a 125 store pitching rotation and, and every team or excuse me, every manager wants their other managers to do really well. Uh, they, they just want to be known as the ace of, of the, of the roster. 
<laughs> That's fantastic. I am. Um, I'd love to hear some stories at some point. I don't know if you're willing to share some of them today, but that would be a lot of fun just <laughs> to hear some of those competition stories. Cause I'm sure I can, I can just see you guys. I mean, I can tell you're holding back on me right now a little bit, aren't you? <laughs> you're like, oh, great. Everything's great. We have healthy competition, sunshine and roses, right? <laughs> Was there a time you ever wanted to put each other into a headlock and be like, okay, I'm going to kick your ass here. This is what's going to happen because I'm doing better than you and try to catch up. I'm talking in a healthy way. Very healthy way. Well, I, I don't necessarily think that potentially happened. But, you know, again, I think that when, when you have a great organization, you've got a variety of people that are either pushing you or you're chasing or you're trying to catch up with. And so I, I don't think there's ever been a time where I really wanted to put Justin in a headlock metaphorically or, or literally. But, um, you know, in the end, I think it, it just has more to do with the fact that when you have a lot of great people pulling on the same side of the rope, great things happen. So, Wow, I, I love it. You guys don't... <laughs> I'm trying to... I see who you guys are, and I'm saying, hey, come out of the box for me for a little bit, just, just, <laughs> just for a couple minutes. It's awesome, guys. You know, I mean, you got the foundation yeah. of an amazing company behind you, and, and I'm seeing that. So 125 stores, you said, right, Justin? Yeah, I, um, we and, and we've got designs to to increase that door count over over the next twenty four months. Um, working with some of the major retail developers on on our our expansion plan, and you know, um, if if we we have the people, um, you, you again, part of the reason this podcast exists is is to help people reach their potential. You know, just listening to previous episodes and just. You know, the, the name all in, I, I, I love it is, you know, we, we can always buy more shoes and, and we can always contract more trucks and, and, and we can always work on logistics within our support system at the home office. But, you know, as, as John mentioned, uh, what makes us different is the people that we have uh, that are the face of the franchise for us in each of our individual markets. And as long as we can continue to, to hire and retain really good people, um, we're going to continue to stretch the boundaries of, of our footprint and continue to app open up stores and in areas that we feel like that we're needed in the market. Yeah. For the, around the past two decades, what have you seen as far as some of the biggest shifts that you've had to make to keep business moving forward? Because now this is, I mean, in your tenure, this is really kind of like a second recession, right? You, you, you've been through one and now maybe again, you know, um, I would, I would say for, for us, um, and, and perhaps we're atypical to retail in general, but when you, when you read studies on footwear, um, coming out of the, the COVID shutdown, the pandemic shutdown, um, there, there was a, a little bit of just a retail, um, resurgence, uh, especially in, products where people really hadn't shopped for it for a while. Um, people are, you know, getting out hiking, they're getting out running, they're getting out walking. And, and that's, that's the product that, that we carry. And with us being full service, I think it also kind of touched the core of how much people missed interacting with people. And sure. you get a little bit of a buzzkill if all you do is um, wait for Amazon packages to show up and, <laughs> Not saying anything negative about uh, <laughs> purchasing items online, but um, you know our, our our job is to make sure that our customers are in a better mood when they leave the store 
than they were when they walked in. And we believe if we do that, selling footwear is it's going to be a byproduct of the just of the interaction. That's a, that's awesome. So you didn't when you sh- shifted this past year, you know, because I'm I'm assuming you had to make some changes or at least for a couple months, right? When some of the yeah. when when the state shut down, because your doors, I'm assuming, were closed for a little while in most yeah, states. Yeah, in in all in all of our stores, yeah. There there was a pretty um, you know there were some pretty dark days for for all of our leadership where yeah we we were kind of at the mercy of um, other people making decisions and. Um, you know, I, I think six weeks was the shortest period of time any of our stores were closed, and and that stretched wow. uh, three three months. Wow, that's incredible! So, from a regional supervisor perspective, right? I'm assuming you've got district managers, and then maybe some store managers underneath you. Is that about right, John? Yeah, yeah, that'd be correct. Yep. Yeah. What were some creative ways? Because I, I mean, Justin was at saying, you know, it's it gets a little old waiting for the Amazon boxes. Did you guys shift to any kind of online, you know, push so, at that point in time? Yeah. So at that at that point in time, we did open an online store. Um, I think it opened. And correct me if I'm wrong. Was it April second, Justin? Yeah. The, very the very uh, very beginning. Yeah. Very and beginning. You didn't have one before, right? Correct. We didn't. No, yeah, we didn't sell online at all. In person, well, sit and fit. So, and the pandemic is, it, it, it's not what predicated our e commerce site. It, it had been in the, the work since the tail end of 2018. Um, it, we, we just we wanted to do it right and we wanted to do the best job that we could to bringing a little bit of, you know, the service side to e commerce and. Uh, we fast tracked it a little bit. We expedited, it. and as John mentioned, it, we 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 launched it probably six to eight weeks earlier, um, and and we allowed the wrinkles to be ironed out while we were live instead of having everything done on day one. Build the plane as you fly it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I think when when you speak about the creativity of a regional supervisor, I mean, while we were shut down. I'll let John elaborate on it a little bit, but we did some things that I think are really outside of the norm as far as engagement with our employees that allowed us to, um, believe it or not, we actually had a hundred percent manager retention, even with wow. some furloughs and even, yeah, yes. Way to go. That's yeah, awesome. One, one of the biggest things that we did is we, we just tried to, you know, I think for a lot of people, it was really tough being home it, for our managers are used to being, in the community, they're, they're running around and they're, you know, running and gunning on their floors, working with their teams and stuff along that line. And for them, I think it was very difficult for them to actually sit home and ultimately not have any of that stuff going on. And so we started doing voluntary Zoom calls and stuff along that line. And honestly, I think Justin and I would both agree that we came out of the pandemic probably stronger from a community standpoint than we ever went into it. Uh, with and and again, the, the community of trade has been strong for years. But when that's all you have to focus on, and all these individuals are used to being in stores helping customers, and all of a sudden they're home, um, I think just opening that up as an opportunity for them, and really taking the time to pour into them during those dark times and those challenging times. I mean, it, it was tough from a community standpoint. It was tough, but at least we could have a virtual community during that time. And I think we did a really good job in that area as a company. That's awesome. Did you have any of the store managers help you in the online presence realm to get that shift made? 
Yeah, well, but I mean, behind it, the scenes, we yeah, but behind the scenes, I mean, I, I, obviously, when we're in we're in beta for you know upwards of two months, um, our store managers, e- even with customers purchasing items online, a lot of times they're the, they're the ones walking the customer through that process while they're in the store, and we wanted to make sure that each of our managers felt like uh, the brand of Trade Home Shoes was being represented really well. And if, if they didn't feel like it was uh, very easy as a, as a consumer, then obviously they were going to be the ones that were going to have to try to walk people through it in the moment. So anything that we could do to streamline that process before we went live, I, I mean, if, if, if we could create a website that our store managers could navigate easily, we felt as though our <laughs> customers would be able to as well. <laughs> That's a great way to approach it. <laughs> I've, been, I've been in a lot of retail stores, of course, you know, to where it's like, uh, they're like, oh, it's on the website. Or they'll go, the employee would try to search the actual website of that retailer to try to find a product for me. And they didn't even know how to navigate themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like, it's so yeah. cryptic, you know? That, that makes sense yeah. that you wanted to do it right. Why did you, why did you wait so long even to begin with? Because obviously the internet's not new, you know, how, yeah. why until 2018, did you say, Hey, we should be online? Well, um, 2018, uh, we, we did have a, a change in the, uh, leadership of trade home as I, as I mentioned before, um, opening a website and, and starting it the, the proper way it, it, it is a little cost prohibitive and you have to think long game. And there were a few people that were getting ready to retire that had been with the company for a long, long time that said, when you guys are in control, we want you to make the website the way you want it. We don't want you to have to retrofit a website that we created, knowing that we were going to be, you know, outside of the company in 24 to 36 months. So, um, you know, we, we, we started working on um, some of the behind the scene things is like what, what we wanted it to be and how we wanted to make sure that um, online sales and store sales flowed. Uh, we, we started working on some of that in 2016. But I mean, if you're 98 years old and you don't have a website, then does it really matter if you're 99 years old and you don't have a website? <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> It's an interesting perspective, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how's, it, how's it worked out so far? I mean, it's what the website's maybe about a year old at this point, a little over a year. Has, has it yeah. bumped your revenue? Have you seen a, a recovery from the pandemic? Has it complemented? What, where do you see it fitting in long term? That was like eight did, questions did, in a row. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, from 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 the first time that we sat down and thought about what we wanted our website to be for us. The, the number one goal of our website is it is it for it to be a vessel to help customers go into the store to make a purchase. Um, we we like the idea of somebody sitting on their couch or on their front deck and you know uh, having a glass of wine or having a cocktail and pre shopping. Um, oh yeah. Foot, footwear is a is a touch and feel. It's a touch and feel category. Um, but going to a shopping center can sometimes be perceived as inconvenient. So if on a Wednesday night, you spend a little bit of time online and you find three or four products that you might be interested in that, you know, your local store has, 
you're more likely to, to make that journey on a Thursday into the store. So uh, the, our, our goal of the website, we, we don't want to be the next Zappos. That's not our goal. Um, we're, we're really proud of the brick and mortar locations that we have. And we want our website to be um, a nice advertising tool to support in-store sales. But if you can't make it into one of our stores, we'd be more than happy to help you get a pair of shoes off our website. That's awesome. Do you sell on, online on any other platforms? You mentioned Amazon and all, is it just through yours? We, we just sell directly through our own website. Yeah, well, um, we, we, we do not support third-party sales. Um, we, we are a trade home and tradehome.com business. That's awesome. John, I, I mean, being a regional supervisor, as we you know, touched about this transition to, to becoming online over the past year, I'm assuming you probably are a little bit more of a road warrior. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> you, you but, these... but again, Justin was at one point too. So yeah, and still is. So that, that's awesome. How did that work for you? Because I mean, even last year, I filmed a documentary, and I was still in Marriott hotels around 150 nights last year. Says my account. I didn't even know it was that much during the pandemic, right? So how, how did you? cope <laughs> that's because I, well, I was still i mean i was at home for you know i sat home for maybe five weeks at the beginning i'm like this sucks i gotta figure out something to do <laughs> it was it was an adjustment there's no doubt about that i mean I, again i'll go back to the, that zoom community that was created during the time i think helped us all out quite frankly uh, but even when i got back on the road i mean it was weird out there i'm sure you can attend to that. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. it was strange initially when you first started traveling. One of the biggest things that we always want to make sure that our managers and just the community of trade understands is, you know, when we started opening stores, we wanted to be there as supervisors on the front lines with the managers. And I think that's so important. Um, you know, it's one thing to sit there and talk about how, Hey, I think everything's going to be okay and fine uh, over the phone. It's a lot different to sit there and say it to them you know, in person and, and be with the teams as they reopen with all the uncertainty in the world. And so that, that was really important to us as an organization. And it was part of the reason why most supervisors hit the road right away uh, in the month of May or late April to get back out there and just be with the teams. That's awesome. You know, I had this weird thought in the back of my head, and this is just what, this is because I squirreled, guys. The last time I heard like a regional supervisor, because underneath you, John, they're store managers, right? Is that the hierarchy? Yep. Yeah, yep. it's very much structured kind of like Dunder Mifflin in the office. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch, ever watch the show or anything, but that's that's kind of how I think, you know. But there we go. Yeah. Do you ever see yourselves mirroring that life at all? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Maybe not, maybe not entirely, maybe not entirely. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> Trade home, the, the name, how did you guys get that name? I realize it's a hundred years old, but what, yeah, what it, it, that? it's, it is, it's a, it's a hundred years old, but, uh, it's so interesting now that it's gone full circle is, um, that the company was founded in superior Wisconsin and, and it was trade at home. Um, trade home was, uh, retail location provided to communities to keep people from having to use mail order catalogs and they got to trade in their hometown. And uh, again, we think it's fitting now uh, with uh, you know, the online marketplace that it, it, it still is a name with synonymous of being part of the community 
um, as supporting your community, hiring people from the community, being a fixture and, you know, oh, I like that. trade at trade, trade at home. That's awesome. So when did the name shift from trade at home to trade home? What year? And Very why? early. Okay. Um, be less, probably, uh, less, cost prohibitive to put a sign up. Um, <laughs> that's, that's uh, yeah. very real. Uh, yeah. You're talking during the depression, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it, it was, it was very early, uh, in the infancies of trade home. I think there was only three locations at that time when the, the, they got rid of the at part. Those are interesting concepts to think of, you know, and it was, uh, geez, probably 12 years ago. Now I officiated my own grandmother's funeral. And that was part of my talk that I gave was like, oh my gosh, all the things that she probably would have seen because she was born in the teens, right? And it's like going through the roaring 20s, but then the Great Depression after that and World War II, the Cold War, Vietnam, and I'm like, disco. <laughs> it's like, she, she probably could have done without that one. But those are considerations because now we just think, you know, here's a printer. Well, or whatever, you know, it, it's so inexpensive to add that. But back at that time, you know, do you know if it was during the depression that they shrunk that down to save on the signs? That, that'd be incredible. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know, but uh, the resiliency that you speak of, of your grandmother and, and what, what she's went through, we, we wear that as a, a badge of honor just with our company in general is, you know, all of those things that you've listed, you know, um, we, we've, we've survived all of those things. And, you know, the future generations of trade home will be able to speak of the pandemic of 2020 as, as another thing that, that we not only survive, but, you know, as John referenced, we, we came out better on the other end. Yeah. Did you have to close any stores at all? Uh, our, the, the only store that we closed permanently was going to happen regardless. Yeah. Um, so we we've increased since since our stores have reopened we've increased our footprint by close to 10% since last May. That's awesome guys. I love that. So what do you think the future of trade home is because I mean, everything is shifting to online, you know, and I, I do feel that during this time too, that, I mean, look at any industry sales, for example, became pretty much functional over zoom. You know, and that was, that was it, right? But I think my personal opinion, as far as sales in general, is going to shift back to where when you have that personal touch, that's going to give you the edge again. You know, so. Well, I, I don't, there's, there's never going to be a replacement for human connection, right? For sure. I mean, we, we can zoom until we're blue in the face, but ultimately, there's nothing better than being in the same room with somebody. And, you know, even when we look back on the pandemic and you look at all these opportunities that were taken away to hang out with friends and family and stuff along that line, as people get back out there, I still think there's going to be strong malls in America. I don't think there's going to be quite as many, maybe as there are today. But again, I think if you're a store that does a phenomenal job with the customer experience and you really make them feel like the only person on earth while they're in your presence, I just don't know that the future can possibly look bad for you. For sure. I like that. So 10% over the past year, that's awesome. Where do you see yourselves going in the next five years? Oh, you're, we're we're, we're, we're going to continue to hit expansion mode. Um, right now, we've got some brands that are just really, really working for us. And we, we've uh, made a really conscious effort to carry product that you just you can't get at a lot of, you know, sit and fit uh, retail locations. And 
you know, John talked about the human interaction, but the other thing that's really fun is I, 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 if you can make retail shopping entertaining and educational and you can mix in some technology and perhaps you, you do a good job of tying your in-store shopping experience with your online shopping experience, that, that's how you retain customers. And, and then customers don't look for specific product. They look for stores. And as we continue to try to just really solidify the brand of Trade Home Shoes, that those, those are, you know, those are the, the, the big Roman numerals that we're making sure um, form the outline of, of our next five to 10 years. That's awesome. You guys parents? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. John, John jumped off there. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Justin. Yes, is, I am. Yep. No, J- Justin, you're both parents. Uh, how many shoes do your kids have <laughs> working for a, a wonderful place like Trade Home? Um, my 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 daughter has quite a few shoes. Um, my my son is intentionally a minimalist. Um. My, my son will get a pair of shoes and he will wear those until he wears them out. And then he'll get another pair of shoes. Um, he, yeah, he, he likes to remind me that he doesn't take full advantage of the opportunity that he has having his dad uh, work for the company that he works for. He reminds me that my wife and daughters take full advantage of the fact that I work for a shoe store. So um, yeah, they, my, my oldest daughter has too many. Um, I always try and justify it by saying, well, she's a good guinea pig, but, um, I think she's been used too much in that role. So, um, but no, they, they like, they like their shoes. There's no doubt about it. So. That's awesome. Obviously it's a little different with both of you working there, but what recommendations would you have for parents that are, are looking for their kids shoes, you know, is there any, cause I, I think back to when I was a kid, right. And my family didn't have a lot of money. So it was just whatever we could afford. And so I remember trying to think that, Oh, I'm going to be the cool kid. If I've got Reebok pumps, I don't know if you remember those, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. like that, that's it. So finally, you know, I don't, I don't know the situation of the money at the time I was maybe only 11 years old. And I remember I got my first pair of Reebok pumps. Cause that's what I really, really wanted. Made me super happy. Right. But as far as parents looking for their kids shoes, you know, right now, I mean, I know how to fit my kids shoes, what they like and everything, but th- is there anything you would suggest to parents to make sure that their kids are outfitted the appropriate way to be a success in school, success in life? Well, I think it's important to be fit, right? I mean, think about how many stores you walk into and they throw the box at you and they walk away. I mean, one of the biggest things that we do is when we talk about being a sit and fit, we legitimately walk you through the buying process. And I always talk about us being your tour guide as you're in the store. So the biggest thing with kids is their feet change so quickly Mm -hmm. over the course of adolescence that it's important to have them measured. And we carry, I mean, we have the Brannock device in our stores, which is, again, it's old school, but we sit them down and we truly fit their feet. And it's important for kids to just be wearing the right size. And oftentimes they're not, even even a lot of adults aren't wearing the right size shoes. So <laughs> truth to that. It's hard for me to find feet and shoes with my hobbit feet that I got going on here. No, they're like <laughs> between size 12 and 13. And it's just, it's interesting because they're just slightly wider at the front, which is why I've always been good at running, but it's just, even though I hate running, but yeah, the, the proper fit I see for my kids too, is just, it's so hard to find and you don't get much help from anybody that are in the stores. 
You know, I mean, I'm even no. talking if you purchase like uh, Nikes or something like that from like a Nordstrom or a Neiman Marcus, you know, some of the high-end retailers and you still don't get the help that you need, especially for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, they they can't go the right spot. So go ahead, And it's, I was to say, sometimes it's harder for children to articulate um, the fit of a shoe you got it, uh, yeah. as, as, as opposed to once you're an adult and you know, this one fits a little bit tighter here, a little bit less here. Um, the, the other thing I would add to, to John, in addition to the, the, just whether it's one of our scanning devices, we, we have, um, I mean, scanners in our stores that have lasers and cameras. Um, we have the old school Brannock device. Um, but the only other thing that I would say is, uh, just because their foot measures at a certain size doesn't mean that that's the size that they're going to wear in every brand. Uh, I mean, the, these, these shoes are made literally in different continents. They're made at different times of the year. The calibration of the machine on a Monday versus on a Friday wow, yeah. is never, never assume that once you get measured that you know what size you wear, uh, because if all your shoes are the same size, then probably a 30 year shoes don't fit. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> I can tell that too. Cause there's been some shoes that I've really liked over the years that I've bought two pairs of just because I'm like, when these wear out, then I'm going to get, you know, I got the same pair, but then I put on the second pair. I'm like, what is the problem with these things? Yeah. Those were For Friday sure. shoes. Yeah. Those were Friday <laughs> shoes. Yeah. <laughs> those were my, I didn't have too much salt for dinner last night. Shoes. <laughs> right on guys. So last bit guys, because I know your, your name changed from trade at home to trade home, but you have something that looked from what I read has just been launched recently. Trade at home, give it home. Can you tell me more about that initiative? Well, one of the biggest things that we're doing with our managers um, at the store level right now is we're allowing them. The, I guess the first thing I want to touch on is just the Century brand. That's our apparel company. And that company, every pack of socks that we sell at the local level, uh, the manager had an opportunity to pick out a local charity to donate a pack of socks to. And that has been awesome. extraordinarily uh, successful so far. Um, so that's the first initiative. And then that has catapulted into you know, the give it home uh, slogan that you're talking about. Basically what we're doing with our, our managers is we're allowing them to choose a charity. Again, in some cases, it's the same one uh, that they're giving the socks to. In other cases, it's different, but we're basically allowing them to take a day off. Um, and, you know, we're going to credit their bonus account for that time away as a company. And uh, they're just going to be able to give back in, in their communities. And, um, and, and really the goal is we hope that it, probably happens a couple times a year. They take their family with and they take their kids with and, and they just make an event out of it. Uh, we've been fortunate in so many markets and in so many ways uh, with the customers and the loyalty that we've had across the country. And it's, it, it's just our opportunity to give back a little bit. And, um, and so that's really what we're motivated to do moving forward. That's awesome, guys. Justin, what uh, what suggestions would you have for somebody that wants to start somewhere and rise up to being president and CEO of the organization? Well, the the, the first the, the first bit of advice I, I would have is just be really calculated on your personal expectations versus uh, the long term end game that the company might have in for you. You know, when you talk about John and I at each other's necks or giving each other. <laughs> I, I mean, 
you know, they, 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 anytime anybody um, ever feels like they didn't get an opportunity or a promotion that they were deserving of and it was given to somebody else, um, it, it's, it's easy to find a, a, another ship to sail on when you when when you're just not happy in the moment with the the ship that you're on um i i can tell you personally that i'm very fortunate that i had a couple of people that i just thought really highly of that were my mentors that i know that they knew the end game better than i did um because they they were working with 16 to 20 managers at a time and my mine was the only brain that I cared about in that moment versus the 120 stores, you know, sometimes you got to zoom out uh, and you got to realize that, that it's, it's part of, part of the long game. But the other thing is, is that um, if you work for an organization to where your direct report is someone that you can have uh, a, a mentor mentee relationship with, you should, you should take as much advantage of that as you possibly can. You know, John talks about pouring into people. And if you're in an organization where you look at the two to three levels of leadership above where you're at, and you feel like all three of those people are people that you could learn a lot from, then then you're working for a good organization and, and you can be patient and you can trust the process. That's awesome, my man. I appreciate you both being on today. And for anyone who wants to find your locations, tradehome.com. Take a look and go into the store, right? Go into the store. Yeah, I'd love to have you in. Awesome, guys. Thanks again. I really appreciate your insight, especially in the last year in uh, brick and mortar retail. And I'm hoping that you guys double your locations here in the next five years. I can't wait to see what happens. Thank you, I appreciate it.